Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. This is the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunlevy, and joined once again by Rob Dunham. How are hey, you, Rob? Good. Good to be back. Excellent. And, and very festive in your uh, your uh, holiday the sweatshirt. dinosaur. Merry Raxmas. And Garland on it. It's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I like that. All right. We have an excellent show in store for you. We're going to give box office update. We'll give our recommendations for Disney Plus and Paramount Plus. And we're going to review the holiday classic known as Home Alone. And of course, as always, our watch list. All right, Rob. Let's jump off with box office results. So we've got two weeks of box office results. Interestingly enough, the box office was almost the exact same for two weeks in a row. Mm. Uh, number one for two weeks in running, Encanto, which made 27.2 two weeks ago and 13.1 last week. So good run, uh, good, very solid run for Encanto, uh, the animated uh, film from Disney. Number two for two weeks in a row, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which did an excellent 24.2 million on Thanksgiving weekend and 10.4 million last week. Number three for three weeks for two weeks in a row, House of Gucci, 14.4 million Thanksgiving weekend and 7 million this past weekend. Number four, this is where we have the divergence. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend was Eternals at 7.4 million, and that went on to get 4.1 million this year, this week. Uh, but passed for number four uh, in this past weekend, it was Christmas with the Chosen, which snuck in at 4.3 million dollars, just ahead of Eternals. And number five uh, last week or two weeks ago. And six this past week, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which racked up $5.3 million in its opening weekend and $2.7 million last week. Uh, so, Rob, what do, you make of, what do you make of the numbers, the box office stability, and, uh, and everything related to that? Oh, well, I think it's uh, – we see across the board there's about like a 50% drop in everything <laughs> – <laughs> from week one to week two seems to be pretty standard at the moment. Um, I do think that uh, we're in an interesting period where like, because typically you wouldn't have back-to-back -back, like top threes staying that way because there aren't a whole lot of like big movies coming out necessarily right now in the moment. So um it's unsurprising, I guess, that like a family movie would continue to do well and a movie like Ghostbusters would continue to do well because uh, people are hearing about it and wanting to go check it out themselves to see um, how it fits into the story and history of Ghostbusters overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that stood out to me was just the fact that Thanksgiving weekend was an excellent weekend at the box office. Almost every movie that that was in did quite well. And and so I think that was you're definitely going to see a drop off this past weekend 
after the holiday weekend. What's what's a bit surprising to me is how thin, as you were mentioning, how thin the movie calendar is for the next couple of weeks until we get to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really interesting. There's this gap between the November Thanksgiving holiday and the movies coming out for Christmas. Um, it seems like there's just not a ton ready to come out, which is which is really interesting because you had very you had almost no. I don't think there was any mainstream new releases this past weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving, which is seems very strange. I know we'll get we'll get a few packed in here in December around the Christmas holiday, but it was it's very strange that none of those other movies wanted to step into that time slot. All right. Uh, so that's what we that's what we have for the box office results for last week. Let's jump into uh, our recommendations going forward. Since there hasn't been a ton of new box office activity, let's let's look at what some of your other options are. And so we'll give you, as we do periodically, some recommendations. And uh, we'll jump in here with uh, Rob is going to do Disney Plus for us. So, Rob, what are some uh, what are some options for the people to see you in Disney Plus? Well, I think that uh, the one thing that I've really enjoyed lately, and it's not necessarily a movie, but it's movie related. Uh, if you have a chance to watch the Olaf Presents short on Disney Plus, <laughs> I would highly recommend that. If you've seen mm. Frozen Two, Olaf recaps the events of Frozen One in a very humorous way, um, and they did it with uh, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Tangled. Um, there are a couple others as well, and it is really funny. <laughs> uh, you should you should definitely check that out. Um, I'd also say since it's around Christmas time. Disney Plus is a great place if you want to watch some Christmas movies. Mm. Um, Jingle All the Ways are on there. Jingle oh, All the Way. Um, yeah. You want to watch um, the Santa Clauses? Mm. That's the place to find them. And I highly recommend them. They're pretty funny. Tim Allen is great. Santa Claus. Um, is Home Alone on Disney Plus too? I, I'm I not seem sure. To, I seem to think it is. But if it's not, find it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and then you can't go wrong with any of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you haven't gotten into any of that, um, it's all there for you. So start checking that out. And obviously Star Wars as well. So there's a vast array <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. So I definitely say check out um, the Santa Claus if you haven't seen that in a while as we get closer to Christmas because it's the time of year for that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, for Paramount Plus, there's a there's a there's actually a surprisingly decent amount of movies uh, that are worth checking out on Paramount Plus. Uh, the first is a couple of a couple of releases that have just recently been in theaters that are, are available on the service, and one of them being uh, if you're if you're looking for a kids movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog is on there. Uh, so that was the one that's been very recently in theaters is also available to stream on Paramount Plus. So that's a good option if you're looking for a kid's movie. Uh, another one is, uh, this is the streaming home of uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, so if you did not get a chance to see A Quiet Place Part 2, definitely, definitely check it out on on the on Paramount Plus. It, it really is a worthy, a worthy sequel to the original. Um, you get to see a little bit of the origins uh, but there's just there's just some very very 
well done sequences. In particular, uh, three of the main characters split up about, I want to say, half, two thirds of the way through the movie. And the way they they maintain attention amongst those three storylines as they're all uh, moving forward was really, really well done. Just an excellent job of editing and directing. Uh, so check out that one. Uh, a classic for me uh, that is available on the streaming services, Interstellar. Uh, obviously, this is uh, the Christopher Nolan space movie uh, where they journey to find a new home for Earth. And it's, it is the most scientifically accurate space travel movie that has ever been produced. And that's not to say that every single thing is possible, but it's really, really well done, really, really accurate. And just the ability to maintain emotional weight throughout that entire movie with something uh, as ethereal as um, theory of relativity versus, uh, you know, in-depth space travel was really well done. And then on a different level, on a different level, we want to go with uh, Mean Girls is on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, mean Girls is just a classic high school drama movie uh, about a girl trying to fit in with a group of quote, mean girls. Uh, but it's excellently acted. There's a lot of really, really funny moments. And uh, this is this is a great early 2000s comedy. And finally, I'll go with the rhythm section. The rhythm section is on Paramount Plus. I've talked about it a number of times. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, Blake Lively. Uh, seeking revenge for the death of her family and all of the journey that that takes her on uh, really well done movie. Uh, so that's my recommendations for Paramount plus. Um, and check, check that out. And I'll put the, I'll put some of these up on, on the film for fans website and, and send it out into the ether here soon. So I'll uh, be looking for that at filmforfans.com. All right, Rob. It's time to start talking about holiday movies. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's right. ho, ho, ho it. Yes. Okay. So we, if you just joining us, we are highlighting a classic Christmas movie each week. We'll talk about what makes it a classic movie. Why does it start uh, continue to be part of our holiday tradition? And uh, the one we're highlighting this week uh, is Home Alone. Uh, I did Elf a couple weeks ago, so if you didn't get a chance to check that out, uh, go back in the podcast to a previous episode and we talk about Elf. Uh, so now we're doing Home Alone. And Home Alone is, uh, of course, the classic Macaulay Culkin movie where he is left home alone by his uh, family as they travel on a trip to Paris. They accidentally leave him there. And... He then has to defend his house by himself against a bunch of hapless bandits. Uh, this is probably my favorite Christmas movie uh, of all time. It's the one that I look forward to watching the most. Uh, it came out in 1990. And it, this just really resonates with me and my childhood and, and everything that goes along with this. Uh, so, Rob... First of all, let's let's go here. Do you agree that this is a classic Christmas movie? And yes. um, give me give me your sense of of what. Let's go back and forth on this. What what do you think makes uh, Home Alone something that still resonates? Uh, I think that the classic "Us Against the World" 
kind of idea, especially when it comes to a kid. Like you watch this movie when you were a kid. Yeah. Just the feeling that um, got to protect myself, got to defend myself, you know, um, got to stave off evildoers. <laughs> it's just, cl- it's a classic uh, story and you can really resonate with um, Kevin's character throughout the movie. And the fact that nobody in his family likes him, he's just, <laughs> you know, he feels like it is him against the world. And then it actually kind of becomes that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's an element to that. Um, having seen it as a kid, like how well it ties into kind of that kid mentality. We're like, man, if it just wasn't for the parents, if it just wasn't for all these people telling me what to do, I would be able to do all this fun stuff. I'd be able to do all these cool things. I'd be fine. There, there's always that little bit of a mentality when you're a kid of like, everyone is just holding me back. I'm having to deal with all the rules and all the things and all the parents getting in my way. And, and this, in, in a way, this movie is like a kid fantasy movie. Like, what would happen if I were able to just do whatever I want independently? I think there's I think there's something that really does resonate with kids on that level. Yeah. What else? What else do you think allows this one to continue to be a classic? I think that just um, Macaulay Culkin's performance in it is something that has given it staying power because it's it seems realistic. Yeah. <laughs> as crazy as the movie is, it seems like this is how a kid would act in the situation if he was clever and uh, intelligent and, you know, really seeking to take care of himself. Um, there's also an element of it's kind of so crazy that it would never happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, uh, there's like that dichotomy there of like, this is how a kid would act with versus like, would a kid ever really act like this yeah but i love it like the the scene i think of that's representative of this is when he's in the grocery store and using the credit card to to get stuff and he's just like reading the tabloid and just like yeah i'm just here you know i've got some coupons you know it's just classic kid acting like and wanting to be and acting like an adult Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely uh i i think you're right like it's rare. Usually there are a number of kids who are good actors. There, there are a number of kids who are good actors, but the acting performance from Macaulay Culkin just was so standout. He was so good at this. I mean, it's one, for me, it's one of the best child acting performances I've ever seen. Um, maybe we'll go through that sometime and, and, and we'll hash out which ones we think are the best. Uh, but I think, I think this is right up there. Um, his level of engagement, his humanity. Um, he, he acts, he acts uh, like above, above his, uh, like at, at extreme intelligence, but still acts like a kid the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. even, even down to his prayer where he's praying for his meal and he says, and bless the people who sold it on sale. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just such, it's just such a kid moment. It's just a great moment. And, um, so I, th- I think that's true. I also think that the there's a number of just um, standout elements that I think make make for classic holiday holiday things. Um, the 
emphasis on family. I think this 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 movie really really hit on the family aspect really really well. It starts out with the kid not wanting his family, and then a journey his journey through this is to realize how much he loves and cares about his family. Uh, from his family's perspective, you see just how desperate they are to get back to him and how much they really do care about him. And you see the family rallying around, uh, rallying around trying to get to Kevin. And at the end, how much they value more than anything else, how much they value being together. I think that's one of the elements that makes for a classic Christmas movie, that emphasis on family and the journey towards family for the holidays. Yeah, I also think that one other thing that um, stands out to me is just the very basic nature of enjoying um, physical comedy. Yes. Mm. Because you get to see these guys get absolutely pummeled and there's just something <laughs> in, there's something uh, very satisfying yes. about seeing that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if that's kind of passe. It's become passe a little bit. I don't. I mean, off the top, I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I think physical comedy just isn't like isn't used, utilized as often as it often mm -hmm. as it had. Yeah, been I think it's past. more considered lowbrow now. <laughs> yeah, the, there's that. a real genius, and I think there's a lot of comedic timing that goes into physical comedy and making that that really well. I've been I've been watching through some Seinfeld as well on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And and just the genius of Kramer with the physical comedy, yeah, uh, really really makes a difference. And that's exactly what you see with this movie. Um, yeah, I think maybe Joe, the aspect of a kid doing it to adults is something that makes it funny. Yes, too. yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, some of this stuff is absolutely brutal. I mean, he puts a basically a flamethrower to the one guy's head, yeah. <laughs> hits another guy in the face with an iron. Like, I mean, yeah. This is, <laughs> This is this is not this is not messing around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, you just want to see you just want to see a triumph. And I think I think too, like um, the combination of the excellent music. I think music was a standout for this movie as well. We talked about this a little bit previously, I think last Christmas or something. But the score, the score being done. Uh, by John Williams was just a stroke of genius. That and the inclusion of like the classic versions of Christmas songs, I think really does an excellent job of tying it in. All right. Well, that just gives you a little bit of a preview of, of where we're at with uh, Home Alone. So make sure you, you get to check out Home Alone. And if you're at the age where you can show it to your kids, that's all, all the better. Uh, but we can't leave we can't leave uh, this topic about home alone without mentioning what is a fantastic development uh, on the saga of home alone. And that is the classic home alone house, which makes everyone as an adult wonder what the heck his parents did for a living that they could afford this gigantic house yeah. in suburban Chicago. Uh, it's available as an airbnb to rent that's right you and your family can stay in the home alone house this christmas season yes this is a house located in winnetka illinois and is available for one night only on airbnb hosted by 
Kevin McAllister's older brother, Buzz. The house comes complete with everything you need to get into the full home loan experience. Of course, not with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, but hey, (laughs) you can only get so much out of this. It says um, the quote here from Buzz was, you may not remember me as particularly accommodating, but I've grown up. I'd be happy to share uh, my family home, my pizza, and even this holiday season with you. Just not my tarantula. <laughs> uh, so it's the stays coming up though. It's it's December twelfth. Okay, so you have very little time to try and get yourself in on this one. So it's a one night only stay, December twelfth. Uh, it's going to be decorated with everything from holidays, booby traps, all the stuff from the movie. Uh, it's going to be there, and will come complete with the finest pizza and microwavable craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I only want to be involved if the if there is an attack from someone on the house because you got to have the full, you know, the full yeah. experience. God yeah. defend it. Um, and so we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, yesterday, December seventh was at two p.m. was actually the day that you had to request you put in your request. Oh and no! If you, if you were the person who got chosen, it was only twenty five dollars for up to four guests. Wow. <laughs> incredibly accommodating yeah so that would have been totally worth it (laughs) uh i i think this is a fantastic idea i love the fact that they're doing this and and uh and creating this this sort of fun around this we talked uh similarly about when uh that the last blockbuster was doing something like this Mm. more of this is good that's that's my opinion on this yeah you want to live in the movies yeah yeah uh, let me get thinking. And I just thought of this off the top of my head. So if you can't come up with anything, that's okay. Which, uh, if you were to think of any of the, the movies from your childhood that you could go back and be like in an Airbnb, uh, is, does anything stand out to you? One you like in particular want to, would love to be able to go back and stay in? Uh, I think the house in Richie Rich would be pretty fun. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking too. <laughs> yes. And be able to have all the stuff in the fancy bedroom and, you know, just be able to do whatever you want. That'd be pretty, pretty killer. I was also thinking, I was also thinking about this one just popped into my head. Uh, the kid's bedroom from three ninjas. Mm. That I remember that bedroom being super cool. Like kids in movies always have fantastically awesome bedrooms. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So that is it for our home alone discussion. Make sure you check it out this uh, this holiday season. All right, moving on to the watch list, Rob. Movies that we watched over the last two weeks two weeks on this one and what we think about them in brief form what do you got rob well i saw that on the top of your list was one i also saw so we should probably talk about that um ghostbusters afterlife ah yes let's do it just saw it uh the other day yesterday um i really like this movie mm-hmm. and when when i uh when i went into it I, I was skeptical i felt like they were leaning too much on like a Stranger Things type vibe or whatever. And it turned out the movie wasn't even set in the 80s. So completely yeah. wrong about that. I don't know <laughs> necessarily why they marketed it that way, but that's how I felt. I felt like they marketed it that way, which is strange. Um, 
you hear this said about movies from time to time and i and have leaving the movie i thought this to myself that this movie was a love letter to ghostbusters hmm. um jason reitman um e- ivan's son i believe um who was involved with the original ghostbusters directed this and i really like it just felt it felt like a ghostbusters movie um it felt like that combination of real world and ghosts to the point where they just felt real. Like it, it wasn't like super sci-fi hard to believe. Like it just felt like they were there, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is how the ghostbusters original movies were. And I really appreciated how they, um, had the tribute to Harold Ramis in this movie. Like, um, how, how they had, um, Egon, Egon Spangler's character, play out and how they finished the movie. And I think that that is something that was wanted by a lot of the fan base to have something as a tribute to him. And I just thought it was great that they did that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think um, the word that I left the theater thinking, uh, and this is not in a negative way at all, entertaining. It was just a very entertaining movie. It was engaging and it was entertaining. And I think that's something sometimes that I think is undervalued. Does a movie entertain you? Like, did you enjoy sitting there and watching it? Enjoy it as the story unfolds? Enjoy the performances? Enjoy everything there? And the answer is yes. Like, you do. You just enjoy the movie the entire time you're there. And that can be hard to pull off. I think it also did a great job of treading the line between nostalgia and retread. Like it's very easy for nostalgia to cross over into laziness. And this didn't do that at all. Like it, it, it was pointfully nostalgic, but not to the point where like, that was the, that was the basis for the existence of the movie. Um, It was a story that held up on its own and the tie-ins to the previous generation I thought were, were excellent and believable and, and created an excellent timeline. So yeah, really good. Yeah. I would definitely recommend going to check it out. Sure. It's worth, it's worth the watch. Yeah. Um, I also saw uh, resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city. Oh, nice. And um, I thought it was, uh pretty scary Hmm. which is good um i felt like a lot of the early resident evil movies are more focused on let's watch this one person kill a bunch of zombies yeah and uh this was more of a story driven movie and left it open for there to be more after um if it continues to do well and i just thought the quality of it i was impressed by the quality of it um, I was not expecting it to be as high quality um, as it was. The cinematography and the acting, um, I thought, were both definitely um, above par. So I would recommend uh, checking out Welcome to Raccoon City as well. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Uh, is that what you got for this one? Yep. Excellent. Okay. Um, so in addition to Ghostbusters Afterlife, I did go to the theater to see two other ones. So I'll focus on one and then hit some highlights of the other one because uh, we've talked about it before. But the, one of the other ones, I, I get to see the French Dispatch. 
and uh, it was it was as classically Wes Anderson as you could possibly be. Um, classically Wes Anderson. Um, it was if you enjoy Wes Anderson movies, you will enjoy The French Dispatch. It's 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 that simple. It's not. I don't know that it's going to be like the one that gets you into Wes Anderson. Uh, but it was it was a good storyline. It's basically told in three separate parts. Um, the the story is basically um, a guy goes over to France and sets up a the French dispatch, which um, is a part of a newspaper back in Kansas. So the people back in Kansas get the reports of what's going on in France. And it's basically told through three different storylines of three different reporters articles that will be in this edition of the French dispatch. And so it's kind of three different stories in one held together thematically by the fact that they're all in a newspaper going to be in this newspaper. Uh, but the main, the main thing that, that ties them together is uh, Wes Anderson's uh, storytelling and his use of visuals and his use of symmetry. I think more so than anything else, what stands out to me in a Wes Anderson movie is the dedication to framing. Like every single shot is intentional. Every single shot is framed exactly how he wants it. Obviously, we know about his incredible love of symmetry, but just the intentionality in every single shot, everything is on purpose. Everything is for a reason. Everything is to fit his aesthetic, which is one of the reasons why he's one of the directors that has the most unique style, because he pays attention to the de- every little detail of his framing. Uh, so that's really the thing that stands out is how... Um, incredibly dedicated he is to intentional framing throughout the movie and it's it's just it's it's really evident and it really stands out as a strength of the movie every shot is interesting every shot you have to pay attention to why he's doing this which really makes it nice yeah i'm looking forward to checking that out yeah in the near future yeah so that's the french dispatch and i did get to see uh no time to die again in theaters and just oh man what a remarkable movie it just it's a such a remarkable movie and and the thing that i think stood out to me the most the second time was how good remy malik was we talked about it after the after seeing it the first time but man he was good as a quick aside i don't know if you saw this but um the bond producer said today that the next James Bond will be a British man, quote, of any ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I did. I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that was, that was a, a solid decision. A, a wise decision. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who qualifies as any ethnicity. Yeah. Usually people have at least one. So <laughs> I don't know. anyway, uh, aside from that, uh, the, one of the scenes that just absolutely stood out to me the second time I was in there was the scene where where Remy Malek's character has um, Bond's spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> Bond's daughter captive, and and he is trying to figure out what and Bond is trying to figure out what to do. That dialogue exchange back and forth is so good. It's so so good. Malik is basically talking about how um, 
people don't actually want, I think, don't want to choose. They don't want freedom. They want people to tell them what to do. They want people to tell them how to be and how to think. And there's just so much, what, what makes that character so great is everything that he's saying resonates as being true. He just takes the complete wrong stance as to how to deal with that. And that's, that's one of the things that makes a great villain is the great villain understands the actual problems and is not necessarily wrong on some of his problems. His solutions are just the wrong thing. And that makes for such a more dynamic bad guy because there's some things that you can relate to in what he's saying. However, the choices he makes are wrong. And that's exactly how Bond jumps in there. Bond jumps in to counter these arguments by saying, look, it's about the choices you make. It's about what you're trying to defend. And, and that was just that just really stood out to me the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. All right. Rob, you got anything else for us today? I don't. All right. Well, that is the show. Thank you for tuning in to Film for Fans. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, check out filmforfans.com where we will give you recommendations, articles, reviews, all kinds of fun things like that. And rate and subscribe and like the podcast. Uh, and tell your friends because more people need to enjoy it. All right. Until next time, enjoy the movies. <laughs>